Hello, and welcome to Tell Me Something Interesting, a podcast about random tidbits that I find interesting, and I hope you'll do too. And for this episode, the Electoral College. So, this week saw the United States presidential elections taking place. And after the elections comes the vote counting to determine who's going to be the next president. And this doesn't work how most people would expect it to, so I thought we could talk a bit about their weird system and why it's turned out to be that way. But first, let's talk about what the rest of the democratic world does when it chooses its leaders. In general, if the people are allowed to directly choose their leaders, there's what is known as a popular vote. That is to say, you just ask everyone to pick who they want to be the leader, they count up the votes, and the person with the most votes is leader. Simple. In other democratic countries where people don't directly vote for the leader, the people vote for their parliamentary representatives, and then the parliament chooses the leader itself. If there are two major parties in the parliament, which is a depressingly common situation, then the leader of the winning party is the leader, and the people vote for them through voting for their party. Also simple. Now, the United States doesn't do that. It has a parliament, well, two of them, the House and the Senate, but they have their own separate elections, and what happens in those elections is entirely irrelevant with who the president is. You can have, in theory, the two houses controlled by one party, and the president being of another party. And the people don't directly vote for the president either. Well, they do in a manner of speaking, but it's not the person with the most votes who wins. In fact, for instance, the 2016 elections, the president didn't get the popular vote, but became president anyway. So, how does this work? Well, through a system of electors. And whilst the original idea was rather intelligent and technocratic in nature, and we'll get to how it used to be in the past later, how it works currently is a bit awkward. Each state is assigned a number of electors, and each state has its own elections. So it's not really one election, but 52 separate ones. And the person who has the most votes in the state wins the electors that belong to that state. The person who gets more than half the electors in total is now the president. So, let's use a sports analogy to explain it, specifically football. Note that while the episode is US-centric, it is still the real football I'm talking about. In football leagues, a team gets 3 points for every win, and the team with the most points at the end wins the league. And you always get 3 points for a win. If you get a 2-1 win, you get 3 points. If the opposing team falls asleep during the match and you win by 10-0, you get 3 points. Same thing with the states. Even if a state is won by a single ballot, the winner gets all the points. Now, this can be considered a bit unfair. If you voted in a state which always votes in the same way, then for the most part you could have saved yourself the trouble and stayed at home. It's only in the so-called battleground states, states where you can't really guess who's going to win, where the votes really matter. And incidentally, it's where the candidates visit during their campaigns. Where your supporters are matters. Also, each state has a different number of electors. These range from 3 for states with low population, to a staggering 55 electors for the state of California. Whilst the electors are proportioned according to the size of the state, well, where proportioned, it's not exact, so some electors represent more people than others. Anywho, how did the system end up so dysfunctional? Well, as the saying goes, it was paid with good intentions. The original plan realized that most people aren't qualified to pick a president. They don't have the knowledge, time or expertise to take such an important decision. So the idea was you'd pick someone you trust, someone who is intelligent, knowledgeable and has the time and expertise 
to represent you. Each state would vote for individual electors who are non-partisan, learned individuals, these would meet, research, discuss, then take a vote on whom NATO was the ideal leader. Then political parties happened, and nowadays the electors themselves are nominated by the political parties. So when you're voting for an elector, you're really just voting for the party, through this convoluted manner. It is theoretically possible for an elector to vote for someone else, not the party that nominated them, and these are called faithless electors. But in some states this is illegal, with various penalties ranging from a fine to other states having a disqualification and replacement by an elector who will vote as the original elector promised. So what once was a great idea now simply serves as an overcomplicated abstract layer, which benefits certain states and certain parties more than others. And that's all I have for you this time. I hope you found this as interesting as I did, and I hope you'll tune in next time. Farewell.